So with that, hi and welcome to After the Hype with me, your host as always, Brian Dressel. Hi, Brian. Uh, with me today, as always, is Chewy Darso. Oh, hi. Jonathan Hardesty. Hi, Brian. And Ryan James. Hi, John. <laughs> he already said hi to me. Uh, and today's special guest is Alex Marshall-Brown. Hello, hello. Uh, before we get started on anything here, Alex, you want to say why you're here today? I'm here because I worked on The Hateful Eight. Yay! <laughs> Thanks for coming to our Star Wars podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. Thanks for having me. So we're going to move into uh, where have you been doing really quick in a moment. First, I'm going to let Alex here say her plugs. So if you want to find her elsewhere, this is where. Okay. You can find me on my website, alexmarshallbrown.com, which will also link you to my Twitter, which is amarshallbrown, and my Instagram, also alexmarshallbrown. All one word, no hyphen. Don't worry about punctuation because I don't. Um, let's see, things that I'm working on right now, uh, we've been doing a really great job on the festival circuit with my short film, Bricks and the Bitch. It's basically a female version of The Warrior, and we are nice. so proud of it. That sounds awesome. It's really great. Um, also, I'm in the process of choreographing fights for a VR360 vampire fight rave with my friend Maggie Levin in Pulse. We are in prepo right now, and we will go ahead and get that shot sometime within the next month or so. And also, I'm going to shoot the lead in the store, which is a pilot that we'll be doing in another two weeks or so. so cool. Yeah, super yeah. Busy. Stay tuned. I'm, yeah. I'm so intrigued by VR movies. Like, I don't know what that is going to entail. I'm, I'm excited for where it could go. Yeah. It really might turn into the world just living in their homes forever and just wandering their apartments, bumping into walls, trying okay. to explore all these new worlds. So like Ready Player One. There's yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think there'll be strong enough backlash. It'll be a fun like yeah. place to go, and then people will be kind of dying to come out of there. Well, I think also it's a really cool format just because the way we're structuring it right now is we want to have action happening on all sides and you can't possibly catch all of it at once. Right. So it's going to repeat views over and over and over again oh, yeah. just if you mm. care enough to watch the project. Yeah. yeah. We're going to get started. <laughs> we're going to move into where have you been doing. <laughs> uh, I will go first. I saw Sing Street, uh, which is the follow-up from the guy who did Once and Begin Again, which I did not see. Um, but I did see Sing Street and it is the movie to beat for 2016 for me. Like, really? That is... It I was, couldn't tell if you were serious the entire time you've been saying that. Holy shit, I loved it. Like, I loved it. Now, <laughs> keep in mind, I'm a little bit biased. I love coming-of-age movies. Like, I have a soft spot for them. Like, so even when they're kind of shitty, I still kind of like them a little bit. Uh, not that this one is. This one is actually a legitimately really, really well-made movie. The music is fantastic. Uh, I'm forgetting the director's name right now. I'm sorry. But he does a really great job of making modern musicals, which is yeah. what I really like. So he makes... It's a film that has music in it that's all like native. It's organic. Like they're playing it, that sort yeah. of stuff. They're not just breaking into song and dance. That's so great. Right. But it's still songs that are very, very important to the plot and what's happening with everybody in the movie. So it's very like organic. Uh, I'm forgetting the actual word for it right now. Um, Diegetic? Thank you. Film school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, to be fair, that's the sixty thousand dollars words yeah. are diegetic too because the actors are singing the songs. But yeah, this but one is like naturally built into the script that these yes. characters would actually break in a song sometimes because yes. they're musicians. Yeah, and yeah. It, like the performances are great. the uh, The main kid has done nothing before. 
Oh wow! And, like, and he knocks it out of the park, and he does a really good job. Both like he's a very good singer, mm-hmm. and he does a great job being a horrible singer in the beginning of the movie. Like, oh good! He, and he does everything. He starts the whole band. He does. It learns how to sing everything for a girl, and it's just like this really sweet but very very bittersweet movie like there's a lot of really bummer parts and really really good parts cool sounds like just, i'd like it yeah you just leave happy good and i can't describe it better than that good. it's fantastic everyone should see it I'm as soon you as like you can it so much so that you can go to it so i can see it. i'd go right now i'd yeah. stop the podcast no i wouldn't but <laughs> that's <laughs> it. my thumbs till you get back yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay guys we're back from sing street welcome back to after the hype <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to the magic of editing, yeah. we're gonna just make make it seem we didn't do that. Wasn't it great? It was so good, Brian. <laughs> My thumbs are tired. Thanks for taking yeah. us. It was okay. Why didn't you come see it with us? You're just sitting here for two hours. I'm sorry. I thought I thought I was supposed to do that. <laughs> Patience. Uh, whoops. Thanks for waiting, though. It was very yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. No problem. Thank you. Um, for my where have I been doing? I've been working. Uh, I haven't been able to consume too much at night because I've just been pretty tired. Uh, I just started at the first, I just completed the first week of uh, Drunk History Season 4. I'm uh, one of the on-set dressers, and I'm loving it. Like, It's a really fun show. It's a I, fun I'm not show. working on it, but I've seen yeah. a lot of it, and even I've, from the I've starts online. I've watched it. Like, I, I've watched it since it was been on Hulu, and all three seasons, and it was it's a blast to watch, and I'm so happy it's a blast to be on. And Derek Waters is amazing. Like, he's so nice. He appreciates the crew, and he's just... I'm so happy right now. He's one of those. <laughs> he's one of those guys who doesn't. He's not on all the time like a comedian. If you're yeah. on a comedian, you could tell they're hammy. But he's just always naturally funny. Yeah, yeah. Right. and he's nice. Yeah, <laughs> which I I can't sing a praises more about a director who's just so appreciative of every member of his crew. Yeah. What does it say about the film industry when? It's so nice to work with somebody who's appreciative and nice. <laughs> right. Everything yeah. says everything. Yeah. What a bummer. I mean, I know there's a lot of directors out there that are like that, but I've worked with some that aren't. So when you are with one that you're, I'm going to be spending so much time with for like, because most of my projects I'm only on for like two weeks at a time. This is what I'm going to be on for two months. And I'm just so happy right now. No, but when you find a director who's like a good captain to his ship, everyone oh, yeah. has feel good vibes. Yeah. And when you when there's poison on set, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the, the other director, director is Jeremy as well. Power. Not to Jeremy's also really great. It's just Derek Waters is usually the one that everyone thinks of when they think drink history. I just don't want to, if Jeremy listens, I want to say I appreciate you too. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I've been playing Splatoon lately. Just, um, I have a lot of fun with that game. It's just very colorful, very bright. The, you know, paintball aesthetic is really fun. Uh, but they had an event. They have an event like every weekend or every couple weekends where they pick, you have to pick sides. So you're either the blue side or the red side. They have some fun gimmick. And this time they had SpongeBob SquarePants as the gimmick. So you had to be, you had to be either Team Patrick or Team SpongeBob. Patrick. Yep, I picked Patrick, yeah, and Patrick killed it. <laughs> yeah, nice. We were we wi- we wiped the floor with SpongeBob, <laughs> but both those colors that they chose. Did you clean the floor with SpongeBob? No, no, we made a huge mess. Oh. <laughs> Sponge joke. Yep. 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 <laughs> no, I'm I'm in love with you now. <laughs> with that level of joke. No, that was classy. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> but yeah, it was really fun, and it was fun to kind of get in with a bunch of other people for kind of a cause on a fun, cutesy game, and I really appreciate it. Does it have to be something you recommend? I know I've been on no, the show. No, not at all. No, no, no. We've had people bash the shit out of Terrible recently. I How long ago did Arkham Knight come out for the PlayStation? Ooh, at the, at the uh, same time... October? I got Arkham Knight, and I got the PlayStation with the Batman on it. And mm-hmm. uh, my favorite character in any kind of like comic book franchise has always been Spider-Man. And I saw it online, on sale. So I'm like, all right, 
I'll pick up The Amazing Spider-Man 2. No! (laughs) (laughs) I played through the whole game. Why? I didn't 100%, but I beat the story mode. It is so bad. (laughs) (laughs) The voice acting is not good. The dialogue writing is not good. The controls are actually kind of fun. The swinging is good. I had to adjust the camera uh, a lot. So you didn't throw up? No. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I made it way faster so that I could actually get to where I wanted to look Uh. in less than like 10 seconds. I'm like, oh, I'm, yeah, of course I want to watch my face while I'm swinging through the city. (laughs) I don't want to watch in front of me. (laughs) What? Every time I would swing, like I would screw up the camera or when you would like turn on your web, it would not move the camera, so you have to move the joystick over there, and it would—it was going really slow at first, so I had to like make it a whip pan. Sounds awful. It was pretty bad. <laughs> uh, the villains, they made poor villain choices. Uh, the final boss was Carnage, and who cares about that character if you're not a teenager? <laughs> Carnage totally captures my inner angst. Okay. Wow, you just hit the nail on the head for the yeah. uh, teenager part. All right. And then, you know, you can split yourself out and create your own friends. No, okay. Amazing Spider-Man 2, not good. Great. Move on. Um, I just finished listening to the audiobook of Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep. Ooh. And How is that? It's freaking great. Is it? I read the book years and years ago, and so that's why I did the speedy version into the um, audiobook right now. But my God, this Philip K. Dick just knows how to predict the future, mm. and we're not yep. there yet. He was like, he had a long term goal and long term dream. <laughs> yep. But whenever we get there, it's going to be absolutely terrifying. <laughs> uh, who performs it? Oh, nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. I'm so sorry on that. I'm glad you're upfront about it. Yeah, you're not like on your phone. No, like, it's like, oh yeah, uh, delays all the podcast. Yeah. Is, uh, you cut this out to make yeah. me sound. Like <laughs> no, but it. I mean, I had already been going through several conversations with my cousin about before I even listened to this um, audiobook about potential Android rights and what that will mean mm. in a post-Trump era. <laughs> no where, rights. Where only androids have rights? Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? I, well, mean, I, guess, I guess they'll build their own walls because they can. Better exactly. than we can. Robo exactly. Trump build wall. <laughs> Robo Trump hairpiece. Robo Trump build wall out of the immigrants. <laughs> they'll just stack them on top of each oh, other. God. Oh, that's too accurate. That's not funny anymore. Yeah, that might come through. Oh, we just went into straight prophecy. No, it's like I've been I've been seeing videos on Facebook and everything where this company has built a version of AI in their own words, asking, you know, people are very uncomfortable about me, but I look forward to a time when I can go and get an education, and when I can have a family, and when I can do whatever I, regular people do. I kind of watched that and I turned it off because I was getting really creeped out. What happens when the people who make that AI are just douchebags? Why are they making AIs think they're human like can't you be an intelligent computer and know you're a computer and you don't need a family or a body right yeah it's called uh, chess masters or masters of chess well they've done that yeah Yeah. but But they know they're a robot and they know they kick my ass i think the reason that you would want to make them feel like they're humans is to make sure that you keep us sympathetic so that they they integrate into society yeah so that they don't Uh, go why do i need you and start killing everybody And then, then we get to live Terminator. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. That's yeah. what I thought when I saw her. She's like the mother Day of Terminator. Yeah. Judgment Day is amazing. What are you talking about? <laughs> it looks like a blast. Listen, if we get learn it, it, blast. All we got to do is bombs? learn Spanish and we'll survive. <laughs> that's all we need. Yeah. Hasta la vista. 
<laughs> Did you have anything else to say about your uh, your, your uh, audio book before we interrupted? You? No, I'm all about I'm all about rereading the great classics, and that was okay. one of them. Yeah. yeah, I just actually started listening to an audio book not long ago. I'm <gasps> I'm getting into audiobooks as I run. It's actually kind of a yeah. fun thing to have on while mm-hmm. you're running. That's fair. I won't mention it till I finish it though. Fair. Okay. Yeah, um, so you didn't tell me. No, I didn't. No, I don't tell you everything. Secret. What's going on? I don't even know you. It's like the spice alive. I don't. I don't cheat on my wife. I just listen to books. I've been listening to this book called How to Kill Your Podcast Mates, and I'm not going to tell you guys about it until I, after I finish. Until uh, I finish it. Suddenly, we're just going to see you building some coffins like yeah. in Amityville. What, Dad? What's going on? What are you doing? Shh. <laughs> I'm building flats. <laughs> the, but they're not flat. I'm not doing it right. <laughs> this is the Ikea version. No, I'm learning. <laughs> Chewie would totally step in and foil your plan by yeah. helping you build real flowers. Oh, <laughs> Why is this cube shape? Let's fix that. <laughs> Sorry, honey. Here's how you do this. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> she has a point. Go back to work. I need to yeah. start this. <laughs> You're calling around town. Can you hire Chewie? You need uh, somebody named after a Wookiee, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're going to get started on uh, today. Uh, we'll, we'll get started with the numbers, as we like to do here. Uh, so this came out as the same weekend as last week's episode, The Force Awakens, which means that its numbers are not the best. Um, although they're not bad by any stretch of the imagination. It cost $44 million. I'm sure most of that was spent on film and cameras. Yep. Um, and then it ended up making $155 million, which Yay. is good. I, I, I would feel pretty good about that. He'll make another. Yeah. yeah. We'll get the hateful nine, right? <laughs> uh <laughs> After, no. after Kill Bill 3. The, the well, hate, you can't really have the Hateful 8. Two? Because, yeah, <laughs> the Hateful maybe 1. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, depending on how badly he bled out. <laughs> I got better. The, hate, <laughs> the Hateful Horses. Yeah. The Hateful. Are they going to feed us anytime? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> I'm stuck out here. Uh, okay, so the review for today will come from Ros, which is R R R O S. On Metacritic, uh, this guy had some, or girl, I don't want to be sexist, had some strong words to say about The Hateful Eight. Uh, Here we go. Well, I have to say, this movie is beyond bad. Except performance of Jennifer Jason Leigh, it's so hard to believe that this same man made this total waste of time and is also responsible for Inglorious Bastards. Unbelievable. Zero out of ten. What? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's that's not even a review. It's no, it's not, and it's such a great example of. Well, you probably just shouldn't have seen this movie then. Yeah, yeah. If it's like listen to Ross with too many R's. <laughs> it's, why, why did you go? Yeah, it's uh, and we'll get into this in a second. But I, I feel like a lot of people went into this expecting something completely different because they didn't see the trailer. I, I either they didn't see the trailer or they just assumed it'd be more like Tarantino's other work, and this is a little bit more like his earlier work, which I appreciated mm, and loved yes. about it. Um, but we'll get into that after we get done with the breakdown, breakdown, breakdown. So, Alex, this is where you will get thirty seconds oh. to say everything that happened in the movie. You technically should have a leg up because you were working on the film. You would think. technically should if, have a leg up. If you up. arrange the plot in the order you shot it instead of the in the order it appears on film, that's fine. So yeah. first thing, yeah. Samuel L. Jackson dies. No. <laughs> the first thing I showed up to set and <laughs> there were a bunch of horses. Crafty was delicious. Oh, I <laughs> wasn't quite right about the people around wonderful. me. Uh, do I get do I get notified when it starts, or am I just going to get no, caught into I, I it? No, I should actually pull up the timer. That okay, up, right? All right. <laughs> Started Wait, a while ago. You're start fine. This? Yeah, you have two seconds left. Go! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Shit happens. <laughs> 
Wow, you did a horrible job. Wait, spoilers are okay? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Sweet. Encouraged. Ah, that jinx. Was a fun twist on the uh, game, though. Don't yeah. spoil the movie. And break it down. <laughs> we would be terrible uh, at our job. Break down the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> no, too many spoilers. <laughs> All right, uh, are you ready? I no, but let's do Perfect. it. Perfect, go. Um, Quentin Tarantino, A Hateful Eight is his eighth film. It is a western in which two bounty hunters are on their way to Red Rock and are being chased by a storm. So they stop off in this cabin in the middle of nowhere where no one knows anybody, but everyone knows of everyone. So no one trusts anybody. And then there's Poison Coffee, The Lincoln Letter, uh, Big Black Dingus. Um, <laughs> let's see what else happens. Ah, don't look at me in numbers. Uh, everybody dies. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Everybody dies. I really can't argue with that too much because that really is kind of how it happens. Slow, 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 slow. Everybody dies. Yeah. Holy shot. God, did they die? Yeah. Everybody dies. Yeah. So great job. Yeah. Well, Thank you. well yeah, done. Roughly. Uh, <laughs> Frontier justice. Yeah. Nice. I just came up with the thought that what if at the very end, after everyone truly was dead, a cat just walks across the frame and you'd be like, there's a cat the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that would have been a great way to end the he's movie. He's just been Minnie's hiding cat under a couch. By. Yeah. He, he he just, sweet Dave's chair. He's like, oh, those people. No, a dog, because Minnie just suddenly lets dogs in. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> She did let dogs in. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so where should we start on this thing? I actually kind of want to start with what was arguably the most, I think, advertised thing in the movie, which is how they shot it. Yes. Because it was... Did anybody else here see the roadshow? No. I know Chewie and I went to it. Yeah. Did anybody else see it? Missed it. Um, so the roadshow was you got to see the 70mm print. Uh, it was the full version of the movie, which was like three hours and five minutes, I want to say, as opposed so to like 2.45. Um, and I had not seen the theatrical cut until I just watched it the other night. And I have to say, I like the road version better. Sure. Ditto. Um, which is kind of too bad, because I don't know how we'll ever see it again, unless they do like a special edition. Uh, which they um, Did they eventually do that with Death Proof and... Um, What's the other one? I don't think they Planet did. Planetary. Did they ever release that as Grindhouse? No. It's kind I'm of still waiting bad. for the whole bloody affair over here at Disgruntled. Yeah. Like, it's one of yeah. those things where it's like, uh, it's kind of too bad because Tarantino is kind of, he's a much better filmmaker, so don't, don't jump down my throat. But he's kind of like Zack Snyder, where he makes things really, really great in long form. Yeah. And then he's forced to cut it down into things that are still good, but not as good as they were when he actually had the time to say what he wanted to say. And after watching the, the roadshow version of this thing, watching the cut down version, I'm like, I know it's only 15 minutes, but I kind of miss it. Oh, what dang. was it that you appreciated about the roadshow version? Because you have the overture, you have the intermission. Like, what what else did Re- that give you? It was really, for me, it was the the overture was really nice to have. Because yes. it felt really classical and just kind of cool sitting there. Like, And I love the way that they instructed the theaters to show it, which is they started the overture with the lights up. Yes. Uh-huh. And as the overture played, the lights got dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. And nice. it did such a good job getting you in the mindset for this style of movie. It sets you up for the world. Yeah, and it was so fucking cool. And now watching it on my DVD player, it's, you hit play. And it's like, and it starts, and the opening shots are still beautiful, and they're still cinematic and mm-hmm. sweeping and great. But there's something that was awesome about yes. that slow burn into it. I wanted more of the beginning, more, yeah. more waiting. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. give me a moment here. This yeah. is some great music, some great scenery. Just and the music is so good throughout oh, the entire thing. And, that, like, and just l- so that overture was awesome. The music was done by Ennio Morricone, yep. who, if I mm. can remember correctly, came out of retirement for this yes, movie. Yes, he did. Yeah. And like, he was he's the, amazing. What's the movie that everyone knows, the did Western. He, didn't he do Good, Bad, and the Ugly? Yeah. Wasn't that him? Yeah. For a few dollars one more, of, fistful of dollars. Yeah, he all he did a lot of all, Western. All of them. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's one of the greatest writers of music ever. And the fact that Tarantino convinced him to do this is like, 
awesome, and then he won an Academy Award for it, didn't he? He did. Yeah. yeah. Fucking deserved. Totally deserved. Yeah. 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 Should we kind of start? I wouldn't mind talking about Tarantino a little bit and his career as a whole. I love well, the idea. There, b- before we jump down, is there anything else anybody wants to say about the way it was mm. shot? Because I mean, oh. beyond the seven, like it was a gorgeous movie, and it was a weird choice to shoot mo- to do that big film in a tiny little house. But th- on rewatch, I still appreciate it. Oh yeah, I like I like sh- how he did that in the same way that I like how Kelly Reichardt did. Um, um, I'm just Meek's cut off in four three. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like in that vast open space, you have a cramped frame, and here you have a cramped building with a wide open frame, and yeah. it's like I loved that opposite. Not yeah. only do you have the wide open frame, but you also have some severe close up shots of people. Yeah. 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 In that seventy millimeter, and he retrofitted theaters across the world just to screen his film. Yeah, so good. It's, it's there's a ballsy move. I mean, for the the like we were saying earlier, for the people who just didn't know what they're sitting down for. I mean, like this was for me the biggest event movie in a long time, yes. and it was such like something I had to see in that roadshow version because of everything he did to make it. Like this event. I mean, it's such a film, specifically. Yeah. It's not just a movie. This is a film. Yeah. Well, and it I, does, well that sounds fancy. Well, I mean, it, it does because it is fancy. It, is, it, is, it gives me a way to describe why I'm disappointed in film in general. It's like we don't get very many film films, and I have I have this movie to thank yeah. for being able to use that. Like, yeah. well, what do you mean, Hateful Eight? We don't have just film. Like, I love the like, way they're that, truly playing to the specific art form yeah he yeah. used the medium for what it is like what it does that like, was the intent it was meant to be an experiential event that you yeah. go to mm-hmm. and you experience and watching it at home is not going to be as good as if you took the time to no, go and see it in theater it's, it's still a good movie it's, it's still, still it's still well made the the conversations are great the performances are phenomenal but there was something about seeing that roadshow version like that was yeah. the way to see it and just because we were talking about how it's shot one of the things about the way they shot that i appreciated just in specifically the opening the long takes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And think about the amount of film oh that God. takes Burn. to go, <laughs> like, to keep that going and be like, there better be enough roll in that case. Kodak like, better <laughs> be making we're film We've got to wait for those horses <laughs> to get all the way over here. Yeah. And it's just, it's just established such a tone immediately of, you're going to be have to be a little patient with this film. Yeah. We're not going to be cutting around a lot. Like, you're going to have to wait for those horses to get here. You're going to have to wait for that dialogue to end. You have to pay attention to what they're saying. Because it's important, and I thought that was a great way to open the film in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope Tarantino <laughs> continues like this whole experiential filmmaker thing. Like I love the way that he did um, Grindhouse, and it's like, yeah. you hey, you remember in the seventies we used to go see these double features at these shitty theaters? I'm gonna try to bring that to America again. Or hey, you remember when we used to go? Everyone actually used to go to the theater and not try to download a movie to watch on their yeah. fucking laptop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's try to do that again, guys. He's like trying to like conserve the the era of film that we all. Like, grew up on the tail end of. Yeah. He's the ultimate fan and shows his appreciation yeah. as best as he can. I would yeah. almost compare him to, like, I, I always think about the Foo Fighters in music as, like, the last standing rock and roll band. They want to make sure that everybody's having a good time at their shows. They want right. to rock their faces off, play all their hits. They want to do, like, um, experimental albums where they do it all on tape in a garage. Or they go around the country and do it with a guest musician in every city. Mm-hmm. Like, writing a song in that feeling. I love it. it, there's, it that's a excellent analogy of Foo Fighters and Tarantino because yeah. it's like and it's I think it's especially great because there's a lot of people who think Foo Fighters are just meh it is an average rock band there's a lot of people who think Tarantino is just kind of like I've seen his shit. And, it. and it's just one of those things where it's like yeah, yeah. Like, like well he rips everything off no he does not rip it off he pays he homage to it and yeah. he uses it to be to make it better and to envelop it into like his stories and to tell his stories and it makes it that much better 
Um, well, and he converses with yeah, the, the pre like what came before. It's a conversation. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. Get academic not, on it. Yeah, it's he, not ripping off. Yeah. It's using it. And there's yeah. a very distinct difference and important difference in yeah. That. And it's like and, Donatello versus or not Donatello. Donatello versus Michelangelo. No, let's go talk about Ninja Turtles. Michael, <laughs> <so> <laughs> <laughs> Michelangelo versus Raphael. They worked together. They reference each other, but yeah. their art is so specifically their own mm-hmm. and yeah. fabulous. Painters. Painters. Yeah. Not yeah. turtles. Yeah, not you're the in the turtles. wrong crowd to talk about <laughs> classic art that way. Chewie, the one that cares about art history. Yeah. You mentioned two Ninja Turtles. I'm sorry. Right. That's I'm where my head what, You started with a third one. Yeah. <laughs> the wrong one. Painters <laughs> in a half shell. Painter power. Because Michelangelo and Raphael actually had a master apprentice but thing going on. Totally. Yeah. Tarantino is a, uh, a film artist in the truest sense of the word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but is there anything else you want to mention? I know we kind of we're hitting on Tarantino now, but that was uh, it. That I, was th- it. We talked about it. Um, but the thing that I want to mention about him, and we we're kind of talking about it a second ago, is like how you want him to keep involving his film right. like events. And if you, I think if you look at like his his past few, it's interesting that like it started, I'd say, with Kill Bill. Like that's yep. where he kind of kicked off this whole like I'm gonna start doing something new and eventful every time because Jackie Brown. Although it was a very good film, how, right before Kill Bill, it was the one before Kill Bill. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like is is a very good film, and a lot of people kind of forget about it. Yeah. but that one it was really kind of under received, and I think when people go back to it and revisit it now, like no, this is actually a pretty good film, and a lot of people at the time just like, well, this is a Pulp Fiction. Well, like, it was the third one he did just exactly like that. Yeah, yeah, but if you go back to it and watch it now, it's actually a really really well made film. Yeah, but, they all are. Yeah, but Kill Bill I think kicked off this whole like new experimental yeah. thing, and the interesting thing about it, and I'm not sure what this says about it is I've been loving them more and more every time he does it. Like, I yep. loved Kill Bill, and then fucking Inglorious Bastards was amazing, and then Django and Chain was amazing, and then I loved this. But if you look at the reviews, they're all going down. Uh-huh. Well, he's growing as an artist each time. I think so, too. And I, that's why I think it's very interesting that critically, he's going downhill. Well, I might appreciate for it's going way up. I think he's, like, narrowing his audience every time he makes a new film. That's possible, yeah. He's narrowing his audience, but also keep in mind that he's deliberately selecting topics that are contentious. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And so yep. I think that's also probably an issue with most of the theater goers, yeah. is that they don't want to sit through a movie that has the N-word peppered everywhere where there's yep. female violence or Nazis or any of these other things going on. Yeah, you look, like, Jenga was such a like he controversial makes, yeah. film. He mm-hmm. makes movies about horrible people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he does, and he does not not sugarcoated not in all. the slightest and I, I actually kind of like that more yeah appreciate I, it for that but Whereas, like um i think the scene where the the, the flashback like the or the previous day where the, you show the robbers come in and actually yes. murder uh what's her name a mad many many yeah. um that's pretty brutal but they're brutal to the men too and they're developing shitty characters i think violence towards women gets a bad rap when the intention is to develop shitty characters yeah. like yeah these guys are awful yeah, they're the, horrible people. Yeah. Like the, you're not supposed to be rooting for they're them. They're not redeeming right. anyway. Yeah. yeah. It's violence, not like it's like, oh, I like Tim Roth. It's like, no, he's a terrible yeah. person he's in a, this movie. Yeah, yeah, a liar from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't Rocky where the <laughs> hero is committing violence against women. And yeah. really the only time violence when against women is a bad thing is because is when you're doing it because she's a woman. That's uh-huh. where it's an issue. Yeah. And I think that's where the question is that they don't know whether because when we meet her, we don't know why she's a bounty. We don't know all the awful things that she's done. All right. we know right. is that she's got a woman that's getting her teeth knocked out. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's the direct assumption that, oh, but it's just abuse against women. No. no it's abuse against her character. Yeah. Right. But which, we don't know enough about her character to be able to make that decision. Yeah. Which, so if you walked away after ten minutes of the movie, you maybe got the wrong idea. Yeah, Whoops. And it, it's a lot of just not having faith in the story. Right. Like you're going that. in with your mm-hmm. own preconceived notions of what should be happening towards women or shouldn't be happening towards yeah. women. And it's like, well, you have to remember in the world of the movie, 
there's probably a reason there's a bounty on her head. Can yeah. we just assume that that's that what's maybe? going on here? Good point. And Tarantino's a great filmmaker. So yeah. Like uh, in another person's hands, maybe it would have been shitty. But he, yeah, you put I trust like, him. Yeah, you put well, his hands like Brett Ratner, and then all of a sudden, yeah. like this becomes a, just a horrible violence against women movie. Let's not right? talk about Brett Ratner. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, it's it's not like the violence against women is not glorified. It's not titillating. You're not you're not no, excited no. by watching it. Whereas filmmaking techniques kind of excite you in that element of violence in more pulp like in more mainstream torture movie. porn yeah, yeah like there's an aspect of joy out of the abuse towards other people women in particular and yeah. this doesn't like it doesn't it's just there no i mean if there. anything it should garner some respect because yeah. she's such a bad bitch yeah. that she has to be held <laughs> yeah. brought to hang and she's done all these awful things that you have to respect the fact oh that there's a girl that has a bounty on her head yeah. if yeah. anything that's what should come up she I almost kinda, wins i kind of yeah. love that the majority of the time when the violence is being put against her she starts laughing except yep. oh, there's yeah. something masochistic about her crazy <laughs> eyes yeah. right yeah. she's <laughs> horrifying yeah. like like there's a very good reason why she has to stay chained to Kurt Russell throughout most of the movie. Yeah. Because you let her loose and she will kill you. Yeah. As she killed him. Like she's she's a terrifying person. Mm-hmm. Did you guys see Black Snake Moan? Another yes. Samuel L. Jackson and that is way more titillating violence against women. Yeah. Yeah. That one was a completely that's different That's another monster. very contention where people say yay or nay about whether or not that's bad. I Yeah. We we can get into that whole thing later. But <laughs> I think Tarantino did it well. And he yes. did. Yeah. Well, he did it in a way that it was violence towards a character. Yeah. It wasn't violence towards women. And, and Jennifer mm-hmm. Jason Lee was my favorite actor She's in the entire so movie. Good. I love Jennifer Jason It annoys Jason me. Lee. Like, I looked at her IMDb going, like, why don't I see her more? And I still don't understand because I looked at her IMDb and she's got an Amityville sequel coming out. I'm like, why aren't you in like higher caliber films? She, she kind of has the same uh, career path as I'm going to forget her name now. She voices Cheryl on Archer. She was in Jurassic World as the mom. I'm forgetting her name right now. Judy Greer. Judy yeah. Greer. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say Judy Greer is a better career. But. Well, she does, but she has the mindset of I'm a working actor, so I say yes when somebody offers me a job. Right. No matter the size of the thing, that's why she's in commercials, right. cartoons, she just says yes. And I think Jennifer Jason Lee kind of does the same thing. Where I she, think she walked away for a little while too, though. I think she did too, yeah. Yeah. She disappeared. I mean, she was a huge um, actor back in like the late 80s, early 90s. She was in Fast Times at Richmond High. She was in a bunch of other stuff. Like, she was around for a long time. Because Quentin was a long term fan and then asked her to come back. She was living a separate life. Oh, yeah. I didn't didn't know that. Well, she was in Weeds. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah, she was in Weeds. Mm -hmm. How was she doing? I haven't seen a large portion of her work. This one, she was a huge character and I loved her character. Like, is she a character actress in general or does she normally play a normal woman? She she usually plays more normal roles, but she's very, very talented. Like, if you go back and watch anything she's in, she's super talented. I I don't think anyone, and that's my favorite thing about Tarantino, is that he's willing to cast for the role. Yeah. So he knows, like, he can push actors He could have gotten 10 bigger names that would have drawn more women to this movie. Yeah. Yeah. You seem to disagree with that. I just, I mean, Channing Tatum. I don't understand how he fit into this film. That one felt more like a stunt cast to me. And I don't think he did a bad job, but it felt more like... Stunt to what capacity? Like, what What do you mean by that? It felt more like... A oh, yeah, like, cool, Chan Tan's in the movie. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. more what it felt like to me. And it's and no, nothing against him. That is the reaction I had. Yeah, it did I seem to be a, 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 a... Like, Chan Tatum. Yeah. Huh. Kind of a <laughs> punctuation to a dark joke. Yeah, but the thing was, I still <laughs> like, thought he did a really good job with it. I think Chan Tan's a good actor. Yeah, I, I do, he, and he has grown so much. Yes, yeah. I do think he's a great actor. It just, he didn't seem in keeping with the world. I mean, yeah. I don't know if he was meant to be French-Canadian or what. Why was he speaking French? I don't know. I think it was just... I think, I think he was supposed to be... That was part of his lie? That may be his casting, too, because he's from New Orleans. I think it was, for my, for what I was guessing for that scene, I thought it was just something he used as a way to be the horrible person that he was. Okay. It was, a, it was um, a seduction trick. 
Uh-huh, right. Yeah. He, he can convince people that he's so worldly and cool by speaking French, and he doesn't know a lot of French, but he knows enough to get in the door. So okay. ma- maybe yeah. that being said, Channing Tatum was the right choice. That could and, be. And like he's the charming point. guy no, the whole I mean, game. I'm he's happy to face. watch him. I think he's yeah. fantastic. I, I, it, yeah, I just did didn't understand yeah. his integration into this film. Yeah. 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 And for, for that one moment when he actually gets to talk to his sister, just the, the mo- like the Wasn't connection, that the yeah. connection they had, like mm-hmm. you immediately felt they are brother and sister. Yeah. So within that, it didn't feel like bad casting to me because it felt natural. Like I believed, uh, I felt, I, I felt an entire world of a relationship yeah. in that one moment. Nice. I don't think it was bad casting. It was just the only. It was the only cast in the movie where I kind of felt like, well, maybe this one was more of a studio note. Mm. Uh, and he made I it work. He, he totally made it work, and he did a great job. So it's nothing against anybody in the movie. It's just that one no, felt a little bit means. more like usually, like you look at Tarantino's cast, and it looks like he handpicked yeah. everybody specifically for the role. And this the one studio might have been movies. like, "We'll make more yeah. money if he's in it." They might have thought that. Yeah. I don't know. And then they didn't advertise him at all. So, <laughs> well, no, that was important because yeah. the surprise of his character was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know that was coming at all. Yeah. Uh, that was the only drawback of seeing the road show is he's in the program. Uh huh. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, I guess Jan Tatum's in this movie. Some cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you forget about it halfway through, or were you like still the whole time? Expect- Tatum yeah, show up? No, him. I, I kind of got into it. So uh, when he showed up, I'm like, oh yeah, uh, there he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I thought he did a good job. Um, how about the rest of the cast? I loved Tim Roth. Oh, mm-hmm. my, I fucking love Tim Roth. I everything. always love. Whenever he shows up, it's best. like, yeah. god damn it, he's good. Yeah. Like just every time, it's like he just starts doing something. It's like, oh, I could watch you do it. I'm still mad. Lighting me got canceled. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like I go back to like uh, fucking Pulp Fiction, and oh, I God. still think he's my favorite part of the movie. I Four Rooms was one of, is probably rooms, still my favorite yeah. Tarantino. Say what you want about the movie, yeah. but he was amazing in it, and his yeah. physical comedy is on par with his actual acting too. Yeah. Which is and the, my favorite thing about Tim Roth is he usually plays such like a a scary dude, and he was definitely scary in a different way this yeah. time. He was he was a charming. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. And it was like that you kind of liked him a little bit. And it's like, I shouldn't like him. He's definitely horrifying. But he did such a good job with it. And I, oh my God, that whole fucking conversation where he was like, well, when I die, which looks like it's going to happen, you can just take my body. Like it was just yeah. so cold and calculated. And it was awesome. And that was a character change from the way he had been acting the entire film. Well, because now you're seeing him. Yeah. Yeah. You're no longer seeing his character. Right. Um, I thought Kurt Russell, uh, he was good, but he wasn't like critical to the film. Kurt, I, Kurt I disagree. Russell I think he was doing, fantastic. I thought so too. Yeah. I thought he did what he does the best. Similar to how he played his character in uh, oh shit, Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. Where it's just a little <laughs> over the top. Yeah. But it feels so perfect for the world. And this, this yeah. is kind of Kurt Russell's thing. Is that he has that charm. And he always plays his characters a little over the top. But you love it. Yeah. And he, so that's how I felt in this that. film. He, he was, did that right. Like the perfect writing the line of right too on much. The, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And he was the one like the overture that would kind of like, okay, threw me into the world. Like yeah. with his yeah. introduction, I was kind of like, oh yeah, this is the world we're living in. Frontier yeah. life, bounty hunters. Okay. And he does such a good job with that. Like writing the line. He does such, like the whole movie to the point where I almost, I'm so sad when he's not in it anymore. Yeah. And like I felt him. like that happened too soon. Yeah, it was just a, like a hair too soon. Maybe that's what I'm missing about it. Is like he did a great job, I think, with Jennifer Jason Lee and Samuel Jackson when it's just yeah. the three of them yeah. in the yeah. carriage at the beginning, and then like he kind of got lost among the other cast members in the cabin. I'm not sure if he got lost so much as he just kept introducing the other people so much that then yeah. by the time they got back to him, they were killing him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was I agree, it was just a little too soon because he was doing such a good job with everything. But then if you look about it, like in the world of the film. It kind of makes sense that the plot cannot progress with him there because he's right. going to stop it all. 
Yeah. Right? So it makes sense that he's got to go. It's just, and it could just be my inner fandom going like, no, I want more Kurt Russell in my movie. But it did kind of feel like it lost a little bit, but I think it was supposed to. So I'm not sure if that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Total tone change. Like when absolutely the, I lo- she takes the lead then. Oddly, yeah. I love the, their vomiting scene. Oh, it was like, so good. It was unexpected. I did not expect it to happen that way and yeah. to be prolonged. Yeah. I was like, oh, this yeah. is hilarious. And I like dark humor. Like, And more about Kurt Russell's character, yeah. the thing I loved about it the most, he survived. Yep. Yeah. He puked the poison out and he was good. Yeah. He was totally <laughs> going to survive if she didn't shoot him in the stomach. Yeah. And I love that realization for her of like, holy fuck, he survived it. Blam. Yep. <laughs> I love that he got to puke all over her face. Oh, that shot her was mouth so was good. open and everything. Yeah. Like I'm dying, I love but Tarantino. I'm trying Sam to make sure it's Sam Raimi's over you. in the corner, like yeah. 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 This is like after Kill Bill with the head exploding. Like this, these, this is my favorite violence in a Tarantino. Movie. Oh my god, it was so. I don't want to steal anybody's line, but that when they kill uh, Senior Bob, that line right after it is one of the best lines he's ever written. <laughs> Um, but like I said, I don't Tarantino want to has such a good way with words. Like he I don't really care does. what they're saying. Every line that comes out of the actor's mouths sounds good. And that's yeah. and that's the big divide though about whether or not you like Tarantino. Because I had some friends that specifically didn't like this film because of it, all the talking. <laughs> like they did, they wanted more of an action <laughs> film, and that's, I'm like, but Tarantino, Tarantino, you don't go to Tarantino just for yeah. the action. If you don't like his dialogue, you don't like Tarantino. Yeah, yeah. and that's mm-hmm. more of, now we're jumping back into what I was mentioning earlier, where people are going into this f- with the wrong idea. I guess. And I, I was, think it's, and it's partially to blame his last three movies that have been more have of been an experiment. Yeah, they've yeah. been very action-oriented. Like Kill Bill, very okay, action-oriented. Yeah. Best uh, fights. Yeah, <sighs> and Glorious Bastards, not as action-oriented, but it's still there. Like all these movies still have. They it. all have. Yeah. And the monologues. shootout at the end of uh, Django mm-hmm. Unchained is super awesome. Like it's the most violent, terrifying shootout I've seen in a western in a long time. This movie went back more to like Reservoir Dogs era, where there's a little bit of action, but it's mostly people in a room talking. Why was I not bothered by? I didn't feel like there was a lack of action in this movie. Neither did I. Because the second half was so full because of it. Because we're yeah. so invested. There's a lot of action happening in the dialogue. They're fighting yeah. with their words. Yeah. And if you're to the type of person that doesn't clue into that, to you, it's just people talking. Well, that but, and it's <laughs> it's a. I think it's more of a commentary, not commentary, but it's more of a reaction to. Uh, what we've been conditioned to lately with the current slate of action films, which is mostly comic book movies Mm -hmm. where it's, you need an action sequence every 15 to 20 minutes. You need some sort of action. And we've gotten so kind of conditioned to that. And Tarantino, your brain turns off. I mean, God love him. He's going to keep doing whatever the fuck he wants. I wish they would give him a Marvel or a star Wars. Yeah, From I would what watch I the understand, shit out of it. He's actually trying to expand also and make this into a stage production as well. So like, that, I totally believe that. <laughs> yeah. I as I'm it, it wasn't like, just designed to be a film. Okay, there yeah. was a part of me while watching it that kind of wished it already was. Yeah, I mean, like, it's I would all go to interior shots for the most part yeah. in the carriage and then in the cabin. Yeah. yeah. Has anybody seen the stage production of Reservoir Dogs? You know that not. was a thing. It is a thing. Did it, not know. Yeah, it's uh, if you get a chance to see it, it's fantastic. It's mostly it was never like on Broadway like that. It was kind of a small thing, but. Lots of people put it on. It's a very, very good play. And this one, like I said, this feels more like a spiritual sequel to Reservoir Dogs than anything else to me. And it feels like it could fall right into that. It could easily be a stage play, and it would be a very good stage play. Mm -hmm. I really wish I would have gone to the live read of of this. When it leaked earlier, they did that live read. Yeah. I was like, I wish I could have. I missed it. I had circumstances. but I just want Tarantino to go full Mel Brooks and be like, I'm just going to make a stage version of all my movies. Sure. (laughs) I'd watch it. The musical. (laughs) (laughs) can we talk about the the middle section with the voiceover that took me by surprise i wasn't expecting it at all and i didn't quite like it at first but then at the end of it i was like 
I'm, I'm vibing with it. That was meant to be the transition in, out of the intermission, though. Yeah. So if you went to see the, the roadshow, really? it broke right after they shoot Bruce Dern. Okay. And then when you come back, it's like 15 minutes ago. And yeah. it's funny because right. the intermission was 15 minutes. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> that They should have left a hint of that in the movie, maybe. They did a little bit. Like, it definitely it it's goes black. to black. Cuts to black and yeah, it cuts to black. back in. Yeah. And it sets for a second. I actually love that if movies it felt- did little little moments in them, where like, intermission, I'd be like, oh, the movie's it- giving me a pee break. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it very much added to, like, the whole, this is a play aspect to it, where it was, yeah. like, very much a stage thing. And I like when they play with those two formats, like, film and theater and stage. Mm-hmm. And it felt like a, a neat, like, a strange way, like, a, something different. Like, it, yeah. it kind of broke them, like, I don't want to say monotony because it wasn't monotonous, but it kind of broke what was going on. He blends all of it though, because he yeah. it's, instead of breaking it into acts, he breaks it into chapters. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and that, that's a very deliberate choice. He did that in Kill Bill too, though, right? He's been doing that in all of his movies since. Kill in Bill. all of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or did he do it in Django? I don't think so. I know did he did it in Glorious Bastards. He did. He did yeah. it in Django. Okay. Did yeah. Then he's been doing. I missed that. I really right. need to rewatch Inglorious Bastards. It's great. But yeah, it was it was a nice little touch and something that took me by surprise. And I like being surprised in movies. Yeah. Who figure you know figure that out. I mean, it's one of those things where, like, that's why I like Tarantino as much as I do, because it is always something different yeah. to yes. everything We're else. We're so that's used out. to knowing what's happening next in so many films, and mm-hmm. we don't know that in his. Oh, yeah. It's nobody's safe in any of his movies. I mean, fuck. I would have never guessed that Kurt Russell was going to die first. <laughs> Nearly that. Well, I mean, yeah. I guess Bruce Dern was first, yeah. but, like, so quick. Uh, let's talk uh, some of the other side characters. Um, Walton Goggins or Groggins? Goggins? Groggins? Goggins? I think Goggins. At this point, you're gonna have to say the character's name too. Yeah. Uh, he was the sheriff. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh yes. Oh my gosh. Chris Mannix. I have, Chris Mannix. Thank you. Yep. I have been in love with him since the Shield. He was so and fucking I've always, good on that ever show. Ever since I've just been like being more. I I know he was in Justified. <laughs> yeah. I never yeah. actually got a chance to watch Justified. I should fix that. But just. Since him and Tim I, Oof, I was, he's chest. made for westerns. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he is, and I loved him in Django. I loved him in this, and he's a very good I match for Tarantino. Yeah, yes. being more yeah. like the, the facial expressions he has between, because he felt like he was like this innocent southern boy that also had like this. I like to beat people up thing (laughs) where he'd look around with a little bit of glee in his eyes but then he'd check someone next to him and be like is that okay and then then he just the how he could switch between emotions and like the thought process of his character like he was so dedicated i think he was the strongest character out of all of them when Mm -hmm. i saw it again and the thing that i loved most about is that like he he comes from a family that they're a bunch of marauders, they're mm-hmm. militia men who don't really agree with the government. Mm-hmm. He's a bit of a hick. You don't know whether he's really trustworthy or whether he's a side that you want to be on, but he has the most astute observations of everybody in the I, cabin. He yep. gives me the impression that he was the youngest son because he's very like, I need respect. Mm-hmm. Like, like look what you said, he's very observational, which means he's the younger one, so he's always paying attention to yeah. everyone else yep. around him. But then he also wants to be treated like the big boy, mm-hmm. which you get that from him completely. Oh my god the the moment when he real like when Sam Jackson says, "Come over here and hold this gun," like the oh, you didn't think I did it. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> he just looks yeah. at him so confused, yeah. and then suddenly the glee on his face like it was so, it was so wonderful. <laughs> Just like the cadence behind his delivery for a lot of the lines, he made Tarantino sound incredible. Yeah. yeah. Just in his delivery. <laughs> Being more. Yeah. Well, let's talk Bruce Dern. I love Bruce Dern. Like, after, like, at first with his character, I always, I assumed that his character was, like, almost um, paralegic. 
because he was never getting up. Right. And it was wonderful when we got to the cut to Channing Tatum where he's just like, don't you stand up. You stay yeah. in this chair. I'm like, Do not oh, leave the chair. Yeah. All right. <laughs> like, he probably could have fought a little bit, but... Maybe. He was given a note, stay in the seat. Yeah. yeah. Stay in the seat, don't say anything. Yeah. And I love that. Okay. In the beginning, the he doesn't moment, say anything yeah. except for his name. And the moment he gets out of the seat, he gets killed. Not by <laughs> yeah. not by Jody, but it's Samuel. Yeah. But he did. He was supposed to stay in the seat. Yeah. <laughs> if he had just listened. <laughs> was he in the, the bloody chair? Was that why he was sitting in the He was sitting no. opposite the bloody oh, okay. chair. Yeah. He was just supposed to not intervene. That's right. why he was supposed to stay in the seat. In the... But why do you think they left him to live? Like they just needed to have someone who wasn't part of their group? Well, they said, like they even said that they had to be like, he offer, he creates authenticity. Uh-huh. Yeah. Having yeah. the bitter old man there made it look more realistic, I guess, yeah. as opposed to just these young men. A good men. ploy. Yeah. I mean, because they were right. He's just a wild card, though. They were convinced yeah. that the people would show up and immediately call bullshit on the situation. And mm-hmm. they were totally right. Because, yeah. I mean, Samuel Jackson does the instant he shows up, he knows that this isn't. Like, something's wrong. Well, that's when he met Bob. Yeah, as soon as he meets Bob, he knows something's wrong. They explain that in the script, though. Oh, they yeah. do, yeah, totally. Well, racism was a... <laughs> There's so much racism within this movie, and no character is free from it, but it was funny to me that racism played such a key plot point in not necessarily even a negative way of, oh, I know you're a bad guy, like, the immediate, yeah. like, clue moment. Yeah. Because many the... didn't like Mexicans. Yep, therefore, <laughs> yeah. there's no reason you should be here. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I think Tarantino's really good at writing about racism without himself being racist. Yeah. Like, he writes about the effects of racism on characters and their relationships. How much it influences their decisions. Yeah. And he does it in a way that still makes people very uncomfortable while watching his movies. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, there's no more uncomfortable that I get in any film than Pulp Fiction when they go to his house. Well, when you, in this case, I'm sorry, I going away from Pulp Fiction. Yeah, please do. Yeah, please please do. do, especially yeah. that scene. Yeah. Yeah. Keep moving. No, but like, yes, racism is a big part of a lot of the things that he writes about. And, and yes, I don't get any impression that he's racist in the least. He's a feminist and believes in everyone's rights. Mm-hmm. And, and I appreciate and respect him for it. Um, but when you think about the relationships with all of these people, everyone has heard of each other at some mm-hmm. point, even though they haven't met each other. Right. And it's coming right out of the Civil War where there's very strong opinions in terms mm-hmm. of what is right and what is wrong. Yep. And if he is meant to be the follow-up to Django, then that's an even more interesting point to see. It is. It's interesting. I'm kind of glad they didn't go that route. Mm-hmm. We mentioned that before we started recording. Uh, this was originally penned as a, a follow-up to Django, and Samuel Jackson's character was Django in the future. Yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm very glad they didn't go that route. Me too. Same. Yeah. Uh, when Tarantino does two movies that are supposed to be of the same, it, he needs to do it like Kill Bill, because that was great. Yeah. I mean, well, that one was one movie that was just way too fucking long. <laughs> no way. Perfect <laughs> length. Uh, I'm amazed that Sam Jackson didn't die sooner. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. Um, not that even, I wanted him to, but never like, even see him actually die. But he, yeah, True. he was supposed to be the one, I guess, that without... If he had died sooner, there would have been no story. No, you're absolutely yeah, so. right. I get that. But just with the nature of the society they were living in. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, because he's black. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because he's black and he's cussing out all of these people. He is. And he's being like, very abrasive. Like, he, not at all. I think in that... in that Not demure in the least. In, yeah, no, in that era, that that's what you had to do as a black person to survive. And mm-hmm. he was not at all following mm-hmm. that route. Um, and was that out of respect for the Lincoln letter? Because Lincoln letter nope. was a fake. Yep. It was a fake, and they established that. that over Stu. You're right. Yeah, yeah, I loved that. No, yeah, he just was. He's just Sam Jackson. 
Yeah. <laughs> now here, I'm gonna I'm gonna change gears a little bit here. I want to actually talk story and world building because I'm very curious about. There's certain things in the movie that I disagree with character motivation wise. Okay. Um, specifically with Samuel L. Jackson. So when we're introduced to him and he's talking about the Hangman and what respect he has for the Hangman, because that's Kurt Russell's character is in the Hangman. If you're not. Uh, up to par on that one. Not uh, to be confused with the guy who says he's the legit job yeah, not the of guy the hangman. Yeah. Yeah. His yes. nickname is the hangman because right. when he catches you, you hang. He does right. not kill you. Now, there is a, a moment where he's like, well, you know, the job's not supposed to be, uh, nobody said the job was supposed to be easy and Sam Jackson replies with the job's not, nobody said the job's supposed to be that hard either <laughs> because he knows he just kills all of his marks. Yeah. yeah. So when we first meet him, he's got a pile of dead bodies and yeah. then he loads on top of the carriage and blah, 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 blah. Where I'm getting to is the second that Kurt Russell dies, now she's up for grabs. Right. Because yeah. he no longer has claim. Uh-huh. So Sam Jackson's character, correct me if I'm wrong, would just shoot her. Should have. The Should moment, have just shot yeah. her. The second Except, he goes, oh, that's mine. I have one argument about that is Sam Jackson needed to solve the, the puzzle of the, the room the who before now, he did Now, it. could he not solve that puzzle with her dead? Uh, the moment he shoots her, if he's in a situation where everybody else is fighting for her he bounty, he doesn't know who to trust. He doesn't know uh, who okay. to trust. I get you. He, I get you. He suspects going in that maybe uh, several people in the room are on her side or there to break her out. He actually, I think, he has a conversation about that, and so he no, you're right. shooting her right away would give himself away, and he would be dead. Keeping her alive keeps her as bait. Yeah. Okay, I could see that. Yeah, it was just it felt like a very odd moment to me when I'm thinking about it. Just going, wait. I did think there were a lot of characters he hesitated a little too long to kill, but she was not one of them. She was motivated to keep her alive. That makes sense. Okay, yeah, yeah that makes sense. I, Toward I, the end of the movie, like after, I think when he gets shot in the nuts and is laid out in bed, he should have yeah. just Bets killed all. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Which they kind of did. He tried. <laughs> I mean, at that point, everybody's yeah. shot. Yeah. I mean, they go from really nobody being injured other than Bob and Kurt Russell and OB to everybody's shot and lying on the ground going, oh, fuck, we're dying. Yeah. Like all of us, except for Jennifer Jason Lee, are handcuffed to, to a dead body. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna die now. And then even Jennifer Jason Lee gets shot in the foot because right. she talks too much. <laughs> like, <laughs> and that's I, I, the thing I really liked about it is that it still kept the stakes high mm-hmm. when everyone's going to lose. Oh, that's totally a Tarantino mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, and that's it was a really cool thing that they're able to pull off because you kind of assume like, at that point, like, well, we all lost. Yeah, but they still kind of kept it invested. It's like I know everyone here is gonna die. Mm-hmm. Like they're all dying right now. Like they're even talking about how yeah we're gonna die. I'm not gonna make it. <laughs> it's yeah. not gonna defrost for three days. They're not gonna survive yeah. those bullet wounds. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we're all gonna bleed out. Yeah, but the stakes still stayed. Yeah, and I also feel like his choice not to kill um, Jennifer Jason Leigh was also out of respect to Kurt Russell. Oh, that's and right. In terms yeah. of he said that you're supposed no. to die. Hangman says you're gonna hang. So yeah. let's go ahead and do this properly. Which is, that was amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was the only moment in the entire movie when I was watching it the first time. I went, "Holy shit!" <laughs> <laughs> They're just hanging her like you will die. This is um, the Samuel Jackson and the other character were the only two left living, like yeah. limp on a bed, <laughs> both hanging out, <laughs> out. Rope, trying to lift little Jennifer Jason Lee off the ground on the other end of a rope. I don't know how they convinced her to like go peacefully into that noose, but yeah. Yeah, thank God that was a jump cut. Yeah, it was definitely one of those things. Like if we show it, no one will believe it. Right. So just jump right to it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> such a brutal scene. Uh, I, I mean, I love Tarantino for his comedic violence. It's so over the top. Like, let's yeah. just shoot each other. Another moment I loved, at spoiler alert, is when he shoots um, Channing Tatum. Yes, that's the best one. That's yeah. the best moment <laughs> oh in, the, my in the movie. God. 
And that's really, I mean, I didn't see a lot of the movie coming. That one caught me the most off guard. Yeah. Because here you are thinking like, all right, they're adding another thing to the mix. This right. Sibling reunion. Yeah. Look at this. They found each other. Fi- oh, dead. Yep. He's yeah. dead now. He's dead. His oh, brains are on her face. <laughs> yeah. uh, like, it was, well, that I was have, a left turn. Yeah. <laughs> I half expected another monologue from him. Like, yeah. You know, Kill Bill oh, yeah. Volume 2 level monologue. I was like, yeah. oh, no, no, he's done with them. Yep. <laughs> that was good. It's good that Tarantino can still pull surprises like that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and it was still it was immediately followed after like another great line of the uh, throw your other pistol. I only had the one. You better shit one out then. Yeah, <laughs> and here it comes. There's the second pistol, of course. Oh, it's I, so good. I just like Samuel L. Jackson is given like almost a, a James Bond level ungodly clever wit in this movie. Like he's just figured out every beat the moment he sees it. Ultimate sleuth. Yeah, and I yeah. love it. I love it too. Yeah, it's, it's so one of those things fun. where it's like. If handled by a different director, it might not have played as well. Right. It might have played as like, well, why does this guy know everything? It might have been like from last week's episode, like, Kinda why like does Ray, Ray know yeah. everything in Star Wars? <laughs> oh, my God. Samuel L. Jackson is just Obi-Wan's grandson. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I want to move a little bit more uh, kind of backwards a little bit, but kind of into the filmmaking aspect of this thing again, not just the way that they shot it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where hopefully you'll be able to help us a little bit more. Um, how much were you on set for this? I was on set for about a week. About a week? Yeah. Uh, were you in the cold set that they built for it? I was in the cold set that they built How here in Hollywood. How was that? Wait, wait I Freezing. don't know what this is. Okay, so they shot a lot of it in Colorado, but they also shot some of it out here in Hollywood. Okay. And for authenticity's sake, they shipped in a whole lot of fake snow. They had a sound stage, yeah. yeah, and it was freezing the entire time. Cast and crew were wearing giant coats up until they had to like start shooting. That's a dick move. <laughs> That's just a dick move by Tarantino. We want to see the smoke that we want to see the smoke and the cold air as they breathe, like because that kind of thing. Details, details. And he doesn't want to look shitty in CGI. That, no. It looks terrible. Well, he doesn't CGI. do CGI. It's yeah, all practical right. effects. Yeah. Um, which is the best and fun part about it and gives me a job. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a great time. I enjoyed it immensely. I did not know. This is something that Tarantino taught me that I had no idea. Like, cause I'm chilling on set waiting for the next scene and just learning about what's happening mm-hmm. as my first day. And like to pass the time I'm reading a book and Quentin comes over and is like, you know, you're not supposed to read, right? I was like, no, I didn't know. I'm so sorry. He's like, yeah, no, it's bad luck. Put it away. I was like, oh, okay. I'll, I'm so sorry. My bad. I'll put this back in my honey wagon. I'll go now. Thank you. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he made that up, though. I've never heard that. I hadn't heard it either, but I'm not going to argue. So wait, what, what's the rule there? You, I just keep don't hearing. Don't read on set? Don't, don't, read, don't read anything but the script on set is, my, is what I'm oh. guessing he's saying. And I could see how that would be a hazard. Like if you're reading anything else and not paying attention, you could go ahead and get skewered by points or something that walked yeah. by. I don't okay. know. Yeah, it sure. puts things in your brain that are not relevant to what you're supposed to be doing. Probably. I can exactly. see that. Yeah, I can see there being a merit to that. And it could also just be a Tarantino set thing. He may have been requesting ultimate focus, in which case I appreciate that too. Yeah. I only, from the sound mixer's perspective, I only hear, ah, how come they demand so much of us I can't bring a book to set and get reading done anymore? <laughs> <laughs> so, But the set was beautiful. The Minnie's cabin was palatial. Yeah. It was giant and gorgeous, yeah. and I'd live there if it wasn't so cold on the sound stage. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, now, was it... Now, I just have questions about the film now, and that sure. would be somebody from here. Uh, was it a full set? Was it like a 360? Yes. Or was there like a, a fourth wall that they broke? Um, it was, hmm, they could move walls. Yep. Right. Makes okay. sense. As they needed for camera, but like but ultimately if they it to could stick be like, a full cabin. Yeah. If they yep. wanted to stick like a VR camera in the middle of there, they, they could have done it. They could have done it. Full ceiling? 
full ceiling. Wow. That's, yes. that's actually the one that is usually not there. There's usually, you just look up and see the lighting grid. Well, they had scenes on with them on the ground looking up. And then they yeah. usually have just one flat that they put over that part of the roof for that one scene. Okay. Yeah, no, full ceiling. That's awesome. It's beautiful. And a pain in the ass for the boom op and the lighting guys. <laughs> <laughs> and just so, just so we can say his name, I don't know if I'm going to say his first name correctly, the production designer, Yo Tanita. Oh, I looked him up before this. Uh, he, he's better? done a lot of really yeah. impressive, amazing shit. He did shit. Kill Bill. Yep. And good. I'm, I'm glad looking Tarantino's like and loyal. Yep. He's just an amazing production designer. He's an international production designer. He's done mostly Asian films, and then he works with Quentin Tarantino. And the detail he puts into his things with the, like you were saying, the texture and the scope and everything. He has a fabulous eye. I don't know who his, uh, his set decorator is. I'm assuming they probably, he probably works in tandem with them a lot because mm-hmm. it's very consistent and mm-hmm. I admire him greatly. Like From my perspective as a on-set dresser when I'd be into this set, I feel like I would have been going insane because there's <laughs> so much in there and I have to just be constantly being like, don't touch that, put that down. Make sure this is in the same spot because it all takes place in one night. Yes. So if you move anything, you gotta it's track inconsistent. It. Yeah. Like you... Like, because uh, there's just so much in there. I love that he just completely ran away with the idea of it being a haberdashery. Because that's just a bunch of a bunch of supplies for the mm-hmm. most part. Yeah. And when you're running a cottage hotel in the middle of nowhere in Wyoming you in the middle of everything. winter, not only do you have to have all the food and supplies for yourself, but all the random guests that stop by also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so her cabin is packed mm-hmm. with all of these things even snacks like jelly beans and yeah. peppermint twizzlers sticks. i <laughs> like when one shot when they're looking up from a low perspective up at somebody you see all the leftover luggage mm-hmm. above them yeah. from other people that she just kept yeah and this because you never know when someone yeah. else will need it yeah, yeah. <gasps> like, the amount of detail in the set is horrifyingly awesome yeah, yeah. <laughs> um what else can you tell us about working on it like what like uh, we haven't really said what you did on it you were in stunts right yeah i worked uh, stunts for the show okay uh, how was that? It was the best time, and it took a long time prepping for it. Um, there was a couple of weeks of prep. They they fitted me with a whole prosthetic suit and everything to go okay. ahead and double in. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it wound up being a gunshot wound to the head. Infer what you need to from that. <laughs> <laughs> and it Who was shot you. Um, Channing Tatum. Nice, nice. Yes. Yeah, yes. awesome. Um, and it was really great because, like I said, Quentin doesn't want to doesn't want to have any CGI, and so right. he wants to have practical mm-hmm. effects. And he didn't want to have just a dummy falling to the ground. He wanted to see that there was a, a living person that just got injured. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they brought me in to go ahead and see if I could double. And and it was just a matter of reaching out afterwards after the gunshot happened that he okay. really wanted to go for. Awesome. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Yeah, I awesome. love Tarantino's practical like oh, it's like blood fountains that he it's uses when awesome. people die. Like yep. you know, it's supposed to be just a little splatter on the wall behind their head. And if can, that sometimes, yeah, yeah. His, uh, it's always squid, a slightly cartoonish, but I, I love it. Not yeah. <laughs> he goes just a little bit farther than like Scorsese. Like, yeah, Scorsese is known for having like a big yeah, and he goes a little bit farther than that, which is his style, and yeah. I love it. Yeah. And it's so and he's nailed it at this point. He's like. Oh yeah, he's nailed it. The, um, well, he's pulled that from his appreciation to Japanese films. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. yeah. No, you go back to Kill Bill. And it's like, oh yeah, this is live action anime. Fountain of Blood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was kind of joking talking about Star Wars, but literally, Tarantino would probably be the best person in the entire world to handle Star Wars <sighs> because of his love of westerns and samurai and, and films. dialogue. Yeah. And, and dialogue. dialogue. Yeah. It's a great point. If yeah. I, if, <laughs> like everything if Lucas JJ... was trying to accomplish, he's learned how to do. 
If yeah. Disney had totally gone against their grain and hired him instead of JJ, I would have been the biggest like fangirl screaming everywhere for so like God. an entire year. No going, one would have lived. It's happening. Yeah. It's happening. <laughs> oh, it's happening. So good. Let's kill Chewie. So let's kill Han. Let's, let's kill everybody. It's gonna be yeah. wonderful. Ray comes in the scene. Here's your lightsaber. It's actually a gun. You're dead. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, wow. <laughs> Oh, Fountains of I'm Jedi so blood. Pull the trigger. Use the force. Disney will never hire. Disney will never hire him. But nope. I'd be so happy. Nor I don't think he would do it. No, I no. don't. Think so I, don't in my, I don't. I mean, according to him, he's only got two left. True. Movies well, of all time. Everyone's That's got it. their. He said exceptions. he wants to do ten and done. Uh, his tenth will be Kill Bill three. I hope. Possibly. I hope. He, I hope not. His next one is supposedly uh, a 1930s Australian gangster film. Sweet. I'm down. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm yep. so into that. As long as it's not. Does it make me feel as terrible as the proposition did? That made me feel awful. It's such a good movie, though. <laughs> uh, all right, is there anything else that we... I mean, we haven't hit every character yet. There's plenty of other things I'm sure we can talk about. Where do we want to move? Michael Madsen? Oh, yeah. How about that guy? Yeah, how about, how about that guy? <laughs> like Tarantino's buddy. Yeah. He's great. He played understated as usual. I think he did a better job with it. Yeah, yeah. Like he kind of played a a, uh, a Western version of his character from Kill Bill a little bit, except his Kill Bill character was a little bit more sympathetic. You can kind of like side with him a little bit, like you know, eventually he will go for his brother's point of view. But like this one, it felt a little bit more like you almost, at least maybe maybe it's just my own opinion. He was kind of the one guy. I was like, well, maybe he isn't the bad guy because he's so obviously the one they would point their finger at, uh-huh. Ireland, Senor Bob. Uh-huh. And I also appreciate that I don't think his character ever lied in the whole movie because like I feel like when he t- is he going to visit his mother? Yeah, I think he was. <laughs> I think he was just doing. I think he was just doing this right beforehand, and like he like I'm the only qualified to write about my life history and all this stuff. I'm like, yeah. I kind of feel like his character is just one of those people that somehow is always honest while mm-hmm. never letting you know what he's actually doing. Now, is it now you could go deeper with it. Is it just one of those characters where he knows he can't lie, so he just tells vague truth? That'd be smart, wouldn't know. it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because that could that is a very Tarantino thing to have in there. I can yeah. see that conversation happening. But like, I like you can't to think lie. that he was like before he died. The, his last thought was, "Oh, now my mom's gonna wonder why I'm not here." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he uh, he had the biggest mistake I thought in the movie. Going for the gun, it's like you're gonna lose. Hmm. I get his timing, I get his his choice, but it's like ah, uh... it's the fast movement that was the yeah. giveaway. Yep, he was the one that yeah. I thought was the easiest to like. Oh, you're fucked. Yeah, higher mm. than Bob, but Bob couldn't help it. He was fucked just because he was Mexican, which was. I'm glad um, Tim Roth was one of the fucked too. Yeah, and the the reveal of who the traitors were was so yeah. good. Yeah, it's, as soon as you, I mean, I kind of. I don't know when I figured it out, but at some point I'm like, I all think they're them. all on the wrong all side. Right. Yeah. I'm Everybody pretty sure who's well, left except alive. Except for the one that wasn't one of the hateful eight, the Mr. Nine, the stagecoach driver. I forgot his name. OB. That, yeah. The one that also died from the coffee. Yeah. He wasn't, you knew he was going to die because he wasn't hateful he, towards anyone. He might as well have been wearing a red shirt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was so clearly just like, ah, oh, you're going to die. Sorry, so dude. we're including Bruce Dern in that, in that number. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he is in the. If you look at, if you watch the he trailer again, hateful. he's in one of the. He is one of the eight in the trailer yeah. when they list them all out. True. He's the. I think the. The Confederate. other guy isn't hateful towards anyone. He's just a yeah. Driver. He's just trying to get. Just, <laughs> yeah, Bruce Stern really just kind of hates everybody but Walton Goggins. <laughs> and the only reason he likes him is because Walton Goggins pays respect to him. He fanboyed him. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, who have we missed? Have we missed anybody? 
We missed. Oh, we did miss the entire mini crew, which was awesome. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mini was great. Yeah. And I Dana was really, yeah. yeah, she ask, was so good. Ask me if my ass is fat. Yeah. <laughs> that was really funny. It it's is. not. It is. Or it is. <laughs> no, you gotta ask me ask though. <laughs> she's so excited. We. we. <laughs> Delightful. French. <laughs> French I was, so, I all was pretty yeah. sad when she got shot. I'm like, there's no. Oh yeah. How yeah. did she not find a reason to keep her alive? Can you just tie her up in the back? No. Like, yeah. like, and she was such a great character. Where you could see this is why everybody stops here. It's for her. Yeah. 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 Like she was immediately. Personable. She makes a happy home yeah. in the middle of nowhere. Exactly. Immediately personable. Immediately likable. Like you want to hang out with her. Like yeah. that was awesome. Such a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think that's a, a hallmark of his. Of Tarantino, it's like yeah. these fun people who pop in and then get totally obliterated. Yeah. You miss them, yeah. Even though they're in there like minutes, mere yeah. minutes. She's in the movie for love, under five fall, minutes, you and fall you, in love and immediately. You, yeah, and it's just like. Aww. Why do you think he placed that scene so late into the movie? Because it would have been a completely different thing if he had introduced the movie with their deaths, and then as Sam Jackson and everyone arrives, you're like, oh no, you know everyone's a traitor. When will they figure it out? I think it makes That's us go back. Advice. Yeah, yeah. I like how it makes me go back, like. Like oh wow everything they said about these people like, like it like kind of gives you the context and, and like, it makes you think differently I, I also, of Bruce Dern's performance too I guess yeah, yeah. yeah. I and, also feel it's fun in the way of like one of my biggest complaints about films is that we never really earn anything in a lot of movies now mm-hmm. and we actually like this was an explanation it was a yeah. mm-hmm. cut to the few to the past but it, like we earned that explanation at oh, I that think so. at That's that point, point in the okay. film. Like we just had all these questions, and then now it's time to answer them. Like I it really felt en- natural. I enjoyed being along for the ride with Samuel Jackson, yeah. trying to figure it all out. I-, I think that really helps the story is being not knowing what's going on. Yeah. I think if you'd known everything, it'd been a little bit not necessarily a bad movie, but a completely different movie. Oh, and mm-hmm. all those awesome moments where he's like, "And uh, you know why she took the sign down? Because she started letting in dogs." Where you're yeah. like, "Fuck, Sam Jackson's known the whole time yeah. that this guy <laughs> is not Minnie's friends." Like those reveals were really good. Yeah. Uh, the one thing in that flashback scene that I, I think is, I forgot about it after the first time I saw it, but it speaks volumes to the gang is the hug before they start the thing. Mm-hmm. I love that they have that. Like it's the gang is the family. Yeah, it and- really kind of felt like uh, going way back the hole in the wall gang, where it's like, oh, these guys are brothers. Like they are in this together. I mean, that's actually probably true yeah. of most gangs. I think that's yeah. Oh, yeah. accurate. And know? especially like those old West gangs, yeah. like they're the only people you see. All their family are out. dead, you know, yeah. and their friends. And, and if yeah. they're not dead, they're dead to them because right. they're not going back. So right. it's mm-hmm. a great moment of just like, all right, so the heist begins. Oh, quick hug, got a hug. Yeah. And it's and like such a sweet moment. It's like moment. before a band goes on stage, everyone hands yeah. in. Yeah. Yep. Go team. Circle up. Yeah. And there was one reference to that entire sequence when I don't remember if it was Samuel's character or... Um, Kurtz, where they look down at the ground and there's one jelly bean in between a crack. Samuel. Yeah, that was Samuel. Yeah. And so it's, it's him knowing everything the whole time, yeah. right? And just waiting for the right time to reveal it. Right. Yeah. It was awesome. Oh, that that scene in the barn where he's questioning him. It sounds like you're calling me a liar. It does sound like yeah. that, doesn't it? <laughs> but I haven't said it yet. <laughs> like he'd be a great spy. Yeah. Except for that part where he he did die. Yeah. He waited just a hair too long to reveal that he knew everything. But he also had absolutely no inclination there was someone underneath him. Yeah, he had everything in control until he got his ball shot off. Yeah, well, he knew everything except for the guy in the basement. Right. Yep. It's the one thing he missed. Only only, If only Jody had sneezed. Yeah. (laughs) I know everything. (laughs) Where'd that come from? We. Anything else we want to hit on this thing before we move into quotes? Uh, as a sound mixer, I just think Tarantino's like love for diegetic dialogue is really funny because 
the classic classic Western style is to record no onset dialogue, and he tries to use 100. Yep. percent But I love him for it. Yeah. I guess we didn't really mention costumes. I do want to mention that really quick because when I mentioned the huge coats, the costume design in this movie was fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm I surprised that somebody that can move so fast wearing all that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My favorites is uh, is Tim Roth. I love Tim Roth and his coat and like the moments where he like always kind of like gets it like up on his shoulders and warms up. It's like mm-hmm. that looks like a nice warm coat. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we're gonna move into quotes, 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 quotes. Yep. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go first because mine is something that we did not mention in the episode, okay. but uh, it's kind of a something I need to mention because it's one of my favorite things in the whole movie. The door. Mm-hmm. I love the running gag of the door that uh, Bob yeah. shot the handle so it doesn't close. They have to nail it shut the whole time. Uh-huh. And it drives everybody nuts the whole movie. And at one point, OB n- nails it shut and stands there for a second and goes, that door's a whore. <laughs> <laughs> Easily my favorite line of the whole movie. Um, my favorite line is from Channing Tatum when he pops his head out of the ground and looks at his sister and goes, hey, dummy. <laughs> like... Yep. This is so like such it's a very old gang. It doesn't yep. feel like it doesn't feel like any of the flow of any of the dialogue in the entire film. It's nope. such a standalone moment, but the, it has so much sincerity to yeah. it yep. that it's mm-hmm. beautiful. The amount of history between two characters in two words is very impressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Tim Roth, a line from Tim Roth where he's actually talking about the difference between justice and frontier justice okay. and his line about uh the man who pulls the lever that breaks her neck will be... I'm not an actor. <laughs> man. And that dispassion is at the very essence of justice. I like his delivery. Yeah. I love all of his lines. Yeah, his and the way he delivers talking them. is awesome. But yeah. I could have listened yeah. to him read off a phone book, a dictionary, <laughs> a cookbook, anything in that in that way. That's how I feel about Samuel L. Jackson. And just like his, his dirty poetry is one of the most impressive things in Hollywood. So my favorite line is from him uh, after uh, Channing Tatum... Uh, reveals himself. He goes, "Hold on, you bushwhacking nut shooter." <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I'm still on the whole Tim Roth bandwagon too. Um, and for those of you who don't know me, I'm black, so I can say this. Because <laughs> um, one of his lines is, "The nigger in the stable has a letter from Abraham Lincoln." <laughs> and it's my favorite, just for the way that he says it. <laughs> Question mark. Question mark after each and every one. I know exactly how that was written. (laughs) It's like that's not a lie. He delivers it as if he's a woman almost. Yes. (laughs) The um the other guy, Chet Chet's Chet's um the Channing. No, no. The guy from Justified. Chris Chris Mannix. Mannix. Chris Mannix. Yeah. He has like a similar like kind of repetitive uh delivery of lines like the Lincoln letter. Yeah, so they they do that in this movie, and I don't think Tarantino's done this in the previous li- movies where they that, that repetition, like you said, is so hilarious. Yeah. yeah, I love how they made a piece of paper a character within its own right. That Lincoln letter, Lincoln letter. was its own thing. <laughs> I think that was a major reflection on how smart Sam Jackson yeah. was and how he navigated the world because right. you don't it's kill you don't oh, kill yeah. a black guy who has a letter from Abraham Lincoln. Right. Yeah. yeah. That just it's the exact reason why he did it. All the white people are gonna love me because yeah. of this. Yeah. yeah. The letter. <laughs> Chris Max, another one of my favorites was I'll double dog dare you <laughs> cut my legs off and call me short I wish people talk like this in real life <laughs> kind of glad they don't yeah but insults are just so it's so much better than when someone calls you an asshole it's just like I'd be weird at a Starbucks it, like 
If they just said That's everything we just coffee. said. Yeah. <laughs> Double dog day. Make me my coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Cut my legs off and call me shorty. A latte? <laughs> so you guys, haven't, you guys haven't been to the south? Because yeah. that's what it's like. Actually, yeah. I've never gone. The furthest south I've ever been is, uh, I don't know, whichever one. West Virginia or Tennessee. One of those. <laughs> I believe Tennessee is farthest Tennessee south. Tennessee is yeah. further south, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So review system for today. Oh, God. Uh, I'm going to go hopefully easy, but we'll see. It never is. It never is. It never is. Uh, movies. With numbers in the title. I'm going to go with Fast Five because for me, it was that movie that kind of like it culminated, culminated everything been trying to do in the franchise and okay. in those movies to a certain point. And this kind of feels the same thing for Tarantino where it's been like everything he's been kind of building up to and everything he's been doing so great really came to a head in this movie and he just kind of knocked everything out of the park. Not that he hasn't been doing that before, but this one to me really felt like he's nailed everything he's been going for and it was super impressive and great. Uh, I'm going to pick Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag just because... Again, I like dark comedy, dark mm-hmm. humor. It just that and bummer endings. I love <laughs> those things are my lifeblood, and I like just how they both kind of have similar dark humor. Okay, right. I'm gonna go with the Fifth Element. Okay, nice. Where each char- character was played by the the exact right actor for them. Like it was so, and the world is so fully realized, and you believe everything that's happening and all the relations between all of them, and it's so so spot on, and you're just along for the ride. Cool. I'm going to keep the counting game going. The sixth sense. <laughs> because dead people are everywhere. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. They're in the well. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> Moving on to seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I completely adore crime thriller dramas and Kevin Spacey and Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman all put together with what's in the bag. Yeah. What's in the box. box. Exactly. That's the I mean, best line. It's, in the best. it's definitely not a dick in the box. Yeah. Definitely not that. No Timberlake. Her head? In the box? <laughs> in the <Yeah>. stable? <laughs> uh, okay, so with that, we're going to bring today's episode to a close. Uh, after we get done with plugs here, stick around, because I'm going to be asking people if they could rename any Tarantino movie, what will they rename it to? Uh, but before we get to that, we have next week's episode, which is coming up. It is X-Men 3 versus X-Men Origins Wolverine. So that's in honor of the apocalypse. We will talk about what almost ended the X-Men franchise. Oh, God. And after that, we have our summer blockbuster movie battle, oh, which is any movie that is considered a summer blockbuster all the way back to Jaws, or if you can go before that, any of them, and we will pick those and battle them, and we'll, we'll talk about that when we get there. Uh, so plugs, plugs, plugs. Uh, you can follow us at After the Hype, Facebook slash After the Hype, or on Twitter at ATH underscore podcast. Boom. I'm so glad I finally remembered that. Yes. Uh, Chewy, you have some place people can follow you, right? You're on Instagrams. I am Instagrams, uh, Chewy9. Okay. That's uh, with a spelled out nine and all one word. Okay. Um, and my other plug would be, I guess, uh, Drunk History, because nice. I'm working on it. Yep. And I love it. It's a... It's a great show to watch, great show to work on, and it gets renewed. I get to work on season five, then it gets bumped up to full rate. Ooh. So, so keep think watching. Think about me <laughs> so I can make more money. Keep think about me so I don't have to work and I can live off my wife. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> John, do you have anything to plug right now? No, not right now. Cool. Ryan? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Audio Adventures, or I just encourage everybody to come to uh, After the Hype's Facebook page. I think that's our most active social media, and we, yeah, we're, all, we're all hanging out we there We all now. comment we're, on our own videos and pretend that we yeah. weren't the same person who posted yeah. it on the After the Hype account. <laughs> but we've been really been bumping up our Facebook activity, so if you want to talk to us in any way, shape, and form, that's the best place to do it right yeah. now. Let us know what you're hyped about. We want to talk to you about it. Uh, Alex? Plugs? Plugs. Plugs. Again, we've already heard from you once before, but just in case they were 
zoning out in the beginning of the Well, I would just like to clarify exactly how to find me again. (laughs) There is Instagram, Alex Marshall Brown, A-L-E-X-M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L-B-R-O-W-N. And then Twitter, A Marshall Brown. Same spelling, just without the Lex. Okay. I suppose I should throw in spelling-wise, I am Chewy with an I-E, not a U-Y. That is very important. Uh, Okay, so let's move on to the end of this thing to say goodbye. Rename a Quentin Tarantino movie. I got one for Kill Bill. Okay. Blonde Lady Mad as Hell. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That kind of follows the Hateful Eight trend. Just name it the characters. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to do something on Kill Bill, too, so I'll do something different with it. Oh, you can? Yeah, okay. Uh, Swords and Stripes. Swords and Stripes. I like that. That's good. (laughs) Is that, wait, Kill Bill? Oh, okay. Kill Bill, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with Inglorious Bastards, and I'm gonna go with uh, Nazi Hunters. <laughs> I will go all the way back to Reservoir Dogs and call it "Shut the Fuck Up" about Mr. Pink's scene about tipping. <laughs> <laughs> just spinning off of Pulp Fiction, just with playing with the words. Orange Stories. Okay. <laughs> awesome. I like that. So thank you everyone for listening very, very much. We love having you. Bye. 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 Guitar.